What, what up, YouTube? Oh, it's playing in the background. I'm going to pause it. Turn this down. What is going on, everyone? It is Sunday, May the 6th at 8.03 p.m., Another beautiful week in the lawn care world. We are trending towards the end of summer. That's exciting. Did I say end of summer? I meant the end of spring. I'm sorry. I'm stalling while I get everything uh, taken care of on my end here for the live stream. Open up the control room. Little backdoor deal going on here. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's right. So Sunday, May the 6th, we are on the tail end of spring. I say that not really temperature-wise, but we're beginning to move into those weather patterns, at least where I'm at, that tend to mimic the early start of summer. Uh, once a week rains. Seem to be popping up more so in the afternoon than any other time. Uh, like this weekend, uh, yesterday, it all tended to, to kind of generate there uh, later in the afternoon. Then we had a little bit of a shower come through overnight. And what that starts to do, you get the heat and then you start getting the afternoon rains and the relative humidity stays high. That means... We're getting close. We're getting close to disease season. So looking at next week's forecast, we got a 76, a 78, 83, 85, 87, 90, 90. Gentlemen, it's looking like we may see disease. That'll be one, two, three, four, five. Six days in a row. I would say Tuesday, May the 15th we will see our first instances of brown patch. Now, to kind of play along with this and prepare for it, I am scalping my front yard to try and encourage disease so that way I can play with remedies to cure it. So anyway, that's where all that's going. I'm going to tap dance into the chat window here, see who's hanging on. City Andrews, Mark Raymond, what's going on? City Andrews, I saw you hanging out before the uh, before the event went live. Alfred, how are you? Good, sir. Mark, good to see you. Connor Ward, my man with the plan. For those of you who don't know, Connor Ward is a low-cut Kentucky bluegrass kind of guy. Got a hell of a lawn uh, out there in Utah. He does it right. Tyler C., how are you, sir? Chris Morton, Lush Lawns. John Ware, what is going on? Thanks for tuning in. I hope the young one is keeping you keeping you doing all right kind of deal. Uh, John Ware, also, uh, thank you for playing Rocky Top in your video. Being a uh, lifelong Tennessee fan, that is a good thing to hear. I'm sure you did that accidentally. Uh, but I caught it. I caught it. 
Suburban Jungle Life, the lawn forum checking in. Solid ground landscape. My man, Russell Skipper, down there in the ATL Athens area. How are you, good sir? Turf Nerd, Turf Nerd Lawn Care. For those of you who don't know, David Watt, Watt, Watkins up in Ohio. He is the Turf Nerd. Uh, he's as geeky as I am about all this. So good to, uh, Good to see you here, David. 32, 37 fish. That's a lot of fish. That's more fish than I've caught in my lifetime, but I like it. Glad you're here, buddy. Glad you're here. Welcome aboard. Uh, if you don't know much about me, uh, this channel is The Grass Factor. We talk a little bit about the science of what goes on in the lawn care world. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a trained scientist. I'm actually just a redneck that loves to read and try and make sense of everything I do. So, welcome aboard, good sir. You're in for a ride, a wild ride at that. Uh, Rob Hawkins, how are you, good sir? How are you? Aaron Baker, welcome aboard. Another first-time chatter. It's good to see you in the chat. VW1972 Bug, how are you, sir? Yards done right. My man, Jimmy B, another Ohioan, the man who rocks the Turfco. He is all Turfco. Good to see you here, Jim. Good to see you. Matt Kosinski, what's going on, my man? How are you, sir? We in for another all-star YouTube launch chat. I don't know, Aaron. It may happen. Who knows? All of this kind of happens organically. I, I never plan any of this. Very, very rarely do I even plan the videos that I do. Typically, it's just one of those things where I'm like in the moment. I'm like, oh, man, this is a great idea. I should turn on the camera. Uh, if I turn on a camera more often, I would have a lot more really good videos. But usually it's after I leave that situation. I'm like, why didn't I get that on camera? That would have been great. So I hope it does turn into an all-star YouTube launch app, but I cannot make that happen. That has to happen on its own. CW Heard, how are you, good sir? Hey, Chris Morton, where do we start with fungicides for us beginners? That is a great question. Green Doc's here. Ryan Reddy's here. hey oh, Green Doc, glad you're safe out there in Hawaii. I know the, uh, the volcano's been... Bubbling up from the depths, and uh, glad you're safe. Glad you and your family are safe. So where do we start with fungicides for beginners? So Chris Morton, what I refer to as disease season, I am specifically talking about Rhizoctonia salini. That is going to be brown patch in turf-type tall fescue. So... Where to begin with it? Okay, so all of your, your cultural practices have to be in line. Uh, you know, you need to be watering infrequently, but deep when you do, uh, you know, try to encourage uh, the, the lawn from dry, to dry out in between watering. So you're not sitting with excess moisture on the leaf blades or at the soil surface. Uh, you know, you need to do things to mitigate your, your thatch levels. Um, all of that goes into part of your fungicide program in your disease season. So where do we start with it? First, you have to 
pick your timing. Um, and typically what you're looking for with brown patch is going to be a series of days, five to six days in a row of 80 plus degrees during the day and 60 plus degrees at night. Now, it's not always going to develop there. It may develop a little earlier than, than those particular temperatures, but somewhere in that wheelhouse is when the, the conditions become absolutely critical for the development of brown patch. So ideally, when you're starting with fungicides, you would wanna go at it from a preventative approach. So when you see that level of action, that forecast, and it's within a you know 14 day, 10 day window, it would behoove you to get down your first round of fungicide to help prevent the fungus from establishing. Okay, so when it comes to fungicides, you have to know a couple things. One, does the fungicide you've chosen have any activity on Rhizoctonus lini? Number two, what is the residual effect on the fungicide you chose? And three, what is the mode of action? What group fungicide is it? Diseases can become res uh, resistant to fungicides. So it's important to alternate or combine modes of actions to attack from two different points of view. Um, to make sure you are not setting up a lawn that is becoming resistant to fungicides. So that's where you begin. I hope that helps. Uh, typically, what I like to look for is going to be a strobilurin in combination with a DNI. Um, that would be like a propiconazole and a azoxystrobin or fluoxystrobin, FAME, Heritage, all those are going to be really good fungicides. Uh, and then combine that with something like, you know, Banner Max um, or, you know, Tebuconazole. That, that way you've got two different modes of action attacking that disease. Hope that helps. Looking to kill moss uh, in a fescue lawn. Yes, sir, you can. Um, your metals will do a really good job of that. So iron, uh, manganese, those uh, applied at a high enough rate, typically in a clean form. Um, so, you know, you're looking like a ferrous sulfate at, uh, at a high rate, you know, probably a higher volume application too. Um, not necessarily a, a higher concentration, just a higher volume. Um, and multiple applications of it will work to get rid of your moss in a fescue lawn. Ryan Reddy, yo, Maddie, what's up? What's up? What's up, man? Kosinski. Kosinski. How about them apples, Matt? <laughs> that was my redo. Kosinski. Lawn dummy from from Houston, first timer and trying to learn. Hey, Mr. Osmond, it's a it's a lifetime of learning. You know, you'll get there. You'll get there quick. There's 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 tons of different ways. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat. It's all about finding the way that you feel like you're getting your best results. So there's a lot of trial and error in it, and a lot of that has to do with where you're located, the conditions of your lawn trees, neighbors, fields, soil type, soil structure, 
rainfall, acid rain. I mean, it all plays into your program. So don't get discouraged. Just keep trying and keep trying to build upon what you've already done. Also, don't be afraid to read labels. Labels tell you lots of information. Did the appear mix rates per gallon? Trying to figure it out. My brain is hurting. Um, I don't know what your output per gallon is, so I, it's it's going to be. I don't know your spray volume, E Brown. So it's going to it's going to be difficult for me to say. Uh, mix rates typically that's going to be a pint per acre to two pints per acre, depending on what you're trying to do with your dithia pier. Sean Quinn, wife yelling at me to ask how to kill the POA annual that's invading my front lawn. Any good post-emergence? Keep crushing it. Hey, Sean, what turf type do you have? Um, because that's going to, yes, there's there's lots of ways to kill POA, uh, but it all depends on your turf type. HD Movie Source, how are you, good sir? Is it common to use growth regulators for people who have regular length grass? Um I don't understand what you're asking me. Uh, are you are you talking about like, is it okay to use growth regulators if you don't real mow? Uh, yes, it is. VW Bung, uh, it, it's fine. It's all about it's all about managing the um, rate of growth. So uh, the more you cut off the plant at a time, the more you cut off, the more grass you cut at a time per mowing the more stress you put on the plant. So by using a growth regulator, you're suspending that upward growth to an extent. Therefore, you're cutting less off the plant when you do cut. Therefore, you're putting less stress on the plant. So it doesn't necessarily have to apply to real cut grass, real low, real low grass. It's you know, it's a tool in, a, in an arsenal. It's it's never a product. It's always a program, as uh, John Perry always tells me. Uh, Rob Hawkins, yep, at the fumisate works well. Um, but do not go blasting your Bermuda grass with at the fumisate. Be careful. Uh, what is the most economic fungicide for prevention of brown patch? Paul, <laughs> there isn't one. Um <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, uh, you, you're not, you're not going to find like a strobilurin that is going to be, you know, really, really, really thorough. Uh, that's, that's going to be cheap, man. There's, there's really not. Um, azoxystrobin has gone generic. So, uh, you can look for generic forms of it. Um, Armada is going to be one. Fame is going to be one. Um, both of those are going to be agency price. They do have like bulk purchase um, discounts, but really that's going to be about it. Um, and I would highly, highly, highly encourage you to use two fungicides instead of one fungicide for the sheer fact that you have two modes of action instead of one mode of action. And make sure those are two different, two different uh, mode of action fungicides that you are using. Um, so if you're going out with like a strobilurin and the, the, the DMI, um, those two modes of actions are going to give you a, a great curative as well as a great prevention. Um, and that has been the cheapest mix that I can find 
that I feel comfortable using. Fabian, should I wait until fall to kill chickweed and clover on a one-year-old lawn? Fabian, no, sir. Have at it. Um, I don't know what kind of turf grass you have, but uh, yeah, as long as you're within label rights and you've, you've cut it a couple times, then absolutely, you're good. It's time for ProStar, alternated with Heritage. There you go. ProStar fungicide is, I don't know the active on that. What is it? What is it? Backed by Bayer. ProStar 70 Flutolanil. Flutolanil. Uh, ProStar is one of the ones we used in the golf world. I've never used it in the residential world. So that may be something I do some playing with on that. Um, I don't know a lot about it, but that would be that'd be a good one for a video there, Ray. Uh, Colonel Corn, he's got Dollar Spot, Hen Bit, Lespedeza, and some other crap too. My goodness, you kind of getting hit with it all, aren't you? Uh, with the Dollar Spot, Colonel Corn, and where you're situated, I'd make sure you get plenty of potassium down, spoon feed a little bit of in, it'll grow out, no problem. Uh, then your hen bit, lespedeza, and some other crap too. Uh, you know, maybe a, a it'd be a good time for a three-way application uh, because you you have greened up, or you could do something like a like an MSM application. Uh, you could if you've got Celsius on hand, Celsius would probably do a fair job knocking those out as well. We'd love to see a mode of action whiteboard. It's a good idea, City Andrews. It's a really good one. Uh. Armada is reasonable but effective for most diseases. Yep, yep. Armada is a is a good one. Uh, whoa, let's get too far down here. Is it pointless to use granular fertilizer over my new sod, St. Augustine? No, sir, Ty Purden. No, sir. It is. Uh, there's definitely a point to using a granular fertilizer on your new St. Augustine sod. Uh, it just depends on what you're trying to do with it. But yeah, you can definitely do that. I don't understand why you would be concerned it'd be pointless. Uh, Greg says, should I have any concerns with mowing my lawn at four and a half inches tall? Mostly perennial rabbits from Kentucky blue, Western Pennsylvania. Uh, Greg, you know, I guess really your, your concerns with that is that you have two different turf types that don't need to be maintained that high. So I don't know why you would want to maintain it that high. If you like the look of it and you're not having, having any issues with it being that tall, then uh, no, you shouldn't have any concerns with it, but, um, as a general rule of thumb, as a general recommendation, I would bring your high to cut down. Um, you don't have to go anything crazy with it, but you know, from four and a half inches to three inches, then, you know, maybe from three inches down to two and a half, maybe, um, you should be good. Cool season, mostly, mostly Kentucky bluegrass. So, Ethafumisate is going to be your friend on cool season. The other one, too, would be tenacity. I would encourage you to try like a tenacity ethafumisate combo for tackling your POA annual issues. And that seems to be a heavy hitter that uh, I had good luck with earlier this spring. Questions about these biostimulants. Everyone's crazy about it. It unlocks all the nutrients in the soil, and there's always enough nutrients. Why not run strictly RGS, no nitrogen? Uh, because 
there's not always enough nutrients in the soil. Um, I, you know, really is the only way to put it. Uh, especially something like nitrogen that moves relatively quickly, you know, nitrate in nitrogen, you know, you can, you can measure, see, you know, how much of a nitrate reserve you have in your soil. Typically that's going to be low. Um, typically when you apply nitrogen, uh, it's because the soil has none available to give or not enough available to give the plant that color response it's looking for. Um, so what I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, a loaded statement there, uh, by unlocking things in the soil. So for instance, if P becomes bound up with iron and manganese in the soil, um, it's applying something that's very heavily positively charged to break apart something that is negatively charged and make it available for uptake. So um, it's not that there's always enough nutrients in the soil. It's just that there are usually a lot of nutrients in the soil that are just being unutilized. So RGS in, in general isn't necessarily hammering on the fact that it's unlocking all the things in the soil. It's doing a good job of unlocking things in the soil. Any, any, any sort of organic acid is going to do a good job of doing that because it is positively charged, you know, reacting with a negatively charged soil structure. So the main purpose of something like RGS though, is that synergistic effect between humic acid and sea kelp, which encourages root depth. And that was based on the uh, Virginia Tech study that did the research on humic acid and uh, synergies, uh, synergies with sea kelp. Um, that's also turning into another study that University of Georgia is about to publish or is still working on. Um, I've heard some grumblings from, from over that way that that's what they're going with. So RGS stands for root growth stimulant. If you looked at the, at the active ingredients in it, it's humic acid and sea kelp because that's what they're going for. Um, and, you know, again, I was talking about a program, not just a product, you know, RGS is just a product. It's a tool in a bigger part of a program. And even if you were to look at programs by, you know, we'll say John Perry, who manufactures the RGS, um, you know, all your nutrient sources are covered except phosphorus um, because you can still do a lot of things without phosphorus. And typically where you'll hear John Perry say is, is take care of any underlying issues first and then put it on a program to maintain it. So I hope that helps, Tyler. I want to kill weeds organically. Know of anything organic that can treat weeds, neem oil, cornmeal. I'm trying to go fully organic. HD movie source, I don't, man. Um, I have, I, you know, corn gluten is going to be your best bet as a pre-emergent. Depending on who you talk to, I, you know, some people say you, you eventually year over year over year, you will get to the point where you do get like 70% prevention out of corn gluten. Um, as far as post-emergence, uh, there's, there's Fiesta herbicide, which is a very high concentration of a specific type of iron. Um, 
and it's applied in such a way that typically the weeds cannot handle the rate of iron, but the turf grass can. Um, so I, I honestly don't have any answers for you there, uh, HD Movie Source. And to be honest, there's a whole level of unpredictability with organic and even a lot of the things that are being pitched as organic are, it's, it's, it's not as environmentally friendly as you would think. So um, it's just something to keep in mind. But in terms, I understand you wanting to res restrict your use of pest pesticides, um, you know, herbicides, whatnot. So um, I get it. I get it. I, unfortunately, I just don't have a whole lot of options for you. Turf type tall fescue. Oh, I went too far. Went too far. For rise, which brand would you recommend for rhizomatous tall fescue seed? Which brand of what, Matt? Uh, if you're talking about... Uh, oh, you're talking about just RTF, uh, Rhizomus Tall Fescue Seed. Um, last year, I used everything out of Mountain View Seeds in Oregon. My distributor uh, has a contract with Mountain View Seeds, and uh, I loved what they uh, put out. My distributor is Dickens Turf and Landscape Supply. I can throw that in the chat. Um, and that was Mountain View Seeds and Dickens Turf and Landscape Supply. There you go. Label on Speed Zone says to only use twice a year. What if the broadleaf weeds come back for a third time in a year? Uh, Popo and Sun Lawn Care, it's time to switch. Um, <laughs> I, I like Ray's answer. You need a pre if that is happening. That's that's true. Uh, and if it's, if it's broadleaf weeds... Um, you know, maybe switch pre's instead of using like just a prodiamine and expecting it to prevent your broadleaf weeds. Uh, maybe use something like gallery, which is isoxabin, which is going to be very effective. Um, but I would say you need to rotate your herbicide. So, yeah, you know, there's going to be other options that you can use other than speed zone. So the big thing with speed zone is that you're going to hit your 2,4-D yearly limit. So you could switch to something that does not contain 2,4-D. Um, you know, there's going to be herbicides like TriPower that are MCPA, Mecaprop, and Dicamba that you can apply after you've hit your yearly limit of 2,4-D. After a good rain, I now see some lighter green spots spread throughout my lawn, which is a darker color green. Any ideas to tackle this or could be issue? Uh, 32, 37 fish, probably what you are dealing with is a POA variety that is either going to be an annual bluegrass or a perennial bluegrass. Uh, there's POA annua and rough stalk bluegrass, POA trivialis. Uh, chances are uh, that would be uh, the issues that you're dealing with. Matt, I have heard rumors <laughs> cities in Tennessee are going to outlaw lawn stripes. Have you heard anything about Knoxville? Uh, <laughs> I haven't, Steve Willie. I haven't. Uh, it's funny. I, I was I was mowing my front yard today. I mowed it down to about an inch and a half, and I thought of you, Steve. The whole time I was cutting it, I was like, man, Steve would be so proud of me right now. <laughs> Boy, do you do anything with irrigation systems? I try not to, but I end, but I end up having to do things with irrigation systems all the time. 
Uh, it's, you know, because obviously water and turf grass go hand in hand. So you can't really have one without the other. So y yes, unfortunately I have to. How do you feel about using sugar in your sprays to increase bacteria and microbiotic action? Yes, even molasses, any sugar. Uh, HD Movie Source, I love. Um, I love molasses and tank mixes. Uh, and remember, there is a limit to how much sugar you can throw in the tank. Uh, you know, 16 pints to the acre is max where you need to be on that. So just keep that in mind. There is such a thing as too much. Massive pro grass holds many grassy weeds. Good for Bermuda and Zoid contamination. Yep, yep. Uh, what do you recommend for a tall fescue yard that keeps going to seed? I have not got my soil test back yet. Uh, Tim, Jim, if it's going to seed, you just kind of got to let it run its course. I, I, I would think that in order to prevent it from going to seed, you would have to start PGR apps uh, prior to a seed period. Uh, but there's not really anything you can do about that. Um, it just it is what it is. So on Longcology bench and must have misinterpreted some. Uh, grass mixed Bermuda and St. Augustine struggle coming out of winter. Finally getting growth and bare spots are filling in good amount of nut sedge. Should I hit it with such a sedge hammer temps in mid eighties? Um, if, uh, uh, Mr. Eisman, yes, you can, you can hit it with sedge hammer. Um, another one you could use would be Solero. New farm has a product called Solero and, uh, that would be a good one because that's going to be safe on your Bermuda and St. Augustine. And it's going to have a little broader label than such hammer. Um, what can Colonel, Colonel corn, Bill Sullivan. What's up, sir? Uh, what if your lawn was on a gluten free diet? Uh, I would say the majority of lawns are on a gluten-free diet. I prefer to keep mine off gluten. That's, you know, it causes uh, grass buildup, gas buildup, something. I don't know. Put me in front of it. Hi, y'all. Matt, thanks for providing all this content. I've learned a ton from watching. Hey, Mr. Staker, I appreciate it. Thank you for watching. Matt, any opinions on next 700 green effect with 6% iron, 104 degrees here today uh no sir caesar i don't have any uh opinions on it i've never used it i probably never will use it because uh i would have to pour that into a tank and walk and spray it and if there's something you don't know about me i'll tell you right now i do not like to pull a hose off my truck so uh i that's not gonna be a product to use so i'm not gonna be able to tell you a whole lot about it but one thing I do like about it is the way he chelated it. So it's a humic-based product that he, he added the iron and then chelated it with citric acid and then added a – the way he stabilized his urea in a, in a very natural way, I just I – th I think it's a trip. I mean, uh, John has a very special way of, of doing very, very basic science uh, in a very artful way. I don't know how else to put that, but, uh, the, his formulation on seven zero zero, I really like it. It's, it's for a guy like me, a super big nerd. It's, uh, it's, it's cool. How about that? It's really cool. Let's see here. Tenacity and progress, uh, trouble finding a lost actuator, seven months, new house. Um, 
man, Floyd, I do not know what to do about that. I uh, except maybe a metal detector, something like that. Uh, that's all I, I can I can think of. Mom and Dad, hey, Mom and Dad, good to see y'all. Glad y'all made it tonight. Uh, yeah, that's a, a cool season. I haven't aerated in years. Should I aerate now and again in fall? Uh, lawn is looking pretty good. Uh, Rich, you can. Yeah, I mean, that's not you're you're not going to hurt anything by doing that. You know what to keep in mind is if you're dealing with cool season grass, Rich. I don't know where you're at. We're getting past the point where spring aerations are going to offer you a lot. Um, you know, if you are in a rainy period or you have a rainy period coming up with a streak of cooler temperature, that is peak, quote unquote, peak growing season for your cool season grass, then yeah, go ahead and do your spring aeration. Okay, you're in Illinois. Um, just know that if you aerate in the spring and then you get hit by a dry spell, followed by a hot spell, you're going to do more damage than you are going to do good. So just keep that in mind. Timing is everything when it comes to it. If you've got an irrigation system and you're good to, you know, to be able to really pour the water to the yard post aeration and aid and speed up that recovery as fast as you possibly can, um, that would be good, uh, a good thing to do. Um, do you think it would be right for me since I have only 1,400 square foot of grass? Just value your opinion. Uh, Caesar, it, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen your yard. I mean, I know it's only 1,400 square foot of grass. Is it, is it a good product? Yeah, I, I think it's a good product. Uh, is it right for you? I, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a lot of pressure there. Um, but I, I will tell you my honest opinion of the product, and that is I think it's a good product. Uh, so you're not going to hurt anything by applying it as long as you're staying within the confines of the, of the label. So if you're looking for something you want to try on your yard, uh, yeah, give it a whirl. I mean, cause it's, it's only going to improve the condition of the turf grass. I, I know you're in Florida. Um, I believe you are, I believe you're in Florida. So, um, you know, it's a, there's no real risk to running it. So absolutely. Give it a whirl, man. Tell me what you think. Let's see here. Woo. Thoughts on humid products like Tournament Ready with Actisol versus the Green County Fertilizer products. Can't seem to find as much info about Tournament Ready products. Okay, so I can tell you a little bit about the Tournament Ready products. Um, with the Actisol. So Actisol is salicylic acid and that is a popular medication and when applied in turf grass it helps fight uh, the effects of stress and it is uh, it is scientifically proven that it will ward off the effect of stress for a short period of time um, now where I would have a problem with a product like a salicylic acid containing substance in the residential lawn care world is that I can't be on. Okay. So when you're in the golf world, something that is going to buy you a week of time is a huge benefit. Uh, because in a week 
time you can shift your crews, you can shift your pro you're on that same course every day and you get to watch it every day and you know everything that's going to happen to it. When you're on a residential lawn and you know you're only there um you know seven times a year uh and you know you're not maintaining it at you know we'll we'll say it's like a four inch fescue uh versus you know a hundred and fifty thousandths uh bent grass that that actosol is going to have a, a much more profound impact on 150 thousandths cut bent grass than it will on four inch fescue four inch fescue you'll probably never see the difference so um Really, it just comes down to whichever one you're looking for uh, in terms of, of price or whatever it is you're trying to get out of the product. Uh, I want to say that the TR is is basically a humic kelp and salicylic acid. So um, I don't know how, what the cost com compares, but for me, the, the support I get from John Perry um, the integration into my program cost wise, it all lines up. Um, so anyway, that's where, that's where I go. So, uh, is it a comparable product? Yeah, probably. I, I, you know, in terms of what the label says, yeah, absolutely. Comparable product. Uh, is the Actisol worth whatever it costs in difference in, in price? Um, you know, it, it I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, from a golf perspective, I could say possibly, probably, possibly. Uh, on the residential lawn care world, I'd say probably not. I hope that answers your question. When will your swordman be arriving? Uh, Ryan Nor got one as well. Uh, I do not know. I don't know anything about the swordman. Um, Oh, that's the uh, the the real mowers. Uh, I don't know, man. I've I've never talked to those guys. Uh, we are aerating slit seating in Northeast Ohio this week. Judy Beverage, how are you? Good to see you, man. Temp still in the sixties and seventies. Whoo, my goodness, that is bananas. Love this. Listen to your last room. I'm putting down some RGS microgreen in my neighbor's yard. Uh, it gives us good info on it. Love learning while flying. Hey, thanks for tuning in, the Great Lawn. I appreciate that. Steve Willie, that did make me make make me chuckle. Uh, the Lawn Cannon is here. <laughs> Somebody put out the back call. Somebody put out the back call. There it goes. Uh, how long would the darkening from the iron and green effect last when applied in a foliar application? Jason Grubb, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a it's a decent rate of iron with a limited rate of nitrogen, so I'm gonna say you'll be probably at the three week window of color from the iron. Uh, that little kick of nitrogen with it may into four weeks, something like that. But uh, that's pure speculation, pure speculation. I know like a good chelated iron, um, you know, it, typically it's going to be that three linger into four. And so that's where I would, you know, lump this into the same thing, especially uh, being um, chelated with citric acid. That would be ferrous citrate. So, you know. Yeah, I would I wouldn't expect a whole lot more than a, a, a month out of it for sure. 
For my herbicide, go with this triple threat selective weed killer or tenacity, eight ounces for homeowners. Um, man, Mr. Barlos, I have no idea. I don't know what triple threat selective weed killer is. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. It sounds like a three-way herbicide, uh, but I don't know if it's an ester formulation. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to have active ingredients. I'd have to have a copy of the label and then go through the label, identify, you know, which versions are going to be amines, which versions are going to be esters. Um, and then take a look at the particular weed pressure you have on your own lawn and then make that determination. Is this triple threat or tenacity going to be a better bet for your situation? Uh, because when it comes to homeowners, um, you know, what you're experiencing, Fabian, may be 100% different than what your next door neighbor may be experiencing. So, for instance, one of the things I ran into were two new accounts next door to each other where one was full of parsley peart and then the one next to it was full of corn speedwell. Very interesting, bizarre kind of mix up there. And uh, the one with the parsley pirate, you know, got tenacity. The one with the corn speedwell got dismissed. So, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Connor Ward, yeah, man, I'm only on it seven, eight, eight times a year. So, you know, you got to be, you, when you're there, you got to be, whoo, you got to bring your A game. Hey, Matt, my new Kentucky bluegrass sod up here in Minnesota contracted leaf spot last summer. I put down a couple of fungicides right away after notice. Should I put down something down now or wait and see if it returns? Uh, Ryan, he, you are going to, it's, it's hard to say. You're going to have to pay really, really, really close attention to the forecast. And, you know, because even your best fungicides are only going to give you 28-day uh, prevention. So it's hard to say if putting it down now would be the right time. You know, whenever your conditions are mo most conducive for the development of leaf spot, you see that forecasted, then get it down. And uh, it'd be the same with any um, fungicide program. That's right. The lawn care nut, I did. I learned a significant amount. I have been following Ray for years. Uh, and uh, I did. I learned quite a bit from him. Uh, Sod will be a year old at the end of this month. Yeah. I've been trying to get Matt Martin to play sports with me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what's the deal is with the with the Swordsman's thing. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I have I have no idea. I guess. Are they sending them out to people? I don't know. Are they like the Sun Joes? Button Sun Joe doing the same thing, sending it out to people? I don't know. I have I have not been contacted by any of the uh, any of the real mower people. I, I really I'll just to be upfront. Usually when I get contacted by a company, uh, it's from someone that I have been bad mouthing, and they're like, uh, you know, please don't do that. Um, you know, for instance, I did the video about the screaming green and then site one called and they're like, yeah, this has nothing to do with your video that you put out. But, um, you know, if uh, we, we, we'd like to take care of that difference, that discrepancy in pricing you had. And uh, and I was like, you know, I 
I don't want anything from you. So you do what you have to do. And then my local branch manager stopped by my house one morning and he was like, whatever you do, you got to pull that video down. And I was like, I'm not going to pull the video down. So I don't know. I feel like I, I, I make too many people angry to uh, get free stuff sent here. Oh, no. Uh, poaching 0521. What's your opinion on low volume spray and using equipment like permagreen or backpack spray versus high volume spray from spray tank and hose setup? Um, so obviously I do 90% of my spraying in, as low volume. Um, you just have to know what you're applying and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, I've been applying pre-emergent at low volume. You know, it's off label, but I've been applying it at low volume for off and on for six years and never having an issue with it. Uh, I run Pilex at, at you know, low volume. Um, tenacity at low volume. I mean, I do my fungicides at low volume. Um, I've sprayed carbaryl at low volume. Uh, I, I've, I've tried most everything at low volume. Quinclorac. The, the only thing I would not recommend at low volume would be sulfentrazone. Uh, sulfentrazone will track on your tires really, really, really badly. So um, keep sulfentrazone out of your low volume applications except for pre post emerge grub control and fungicides do you believe a program can be run solely on next products i've put together a next program and curious of my odds for success um uh yeah what yeah so you're talking about a fertility program could a could you have a fertility program run on next products um yeah, I mean that's the the whole purpose of what he's doing is uh, is to offer a complete and total fertilizer program based on individual products. So yeah, I mean you can you can do you can do whatever you want with it. You can definitely run a, a fertilizer program with it. That's for sure. Uh, Swordsman seems to be the rage. My local dealer is starting to sell Alette. Alette, they look pretty amazing. This is this is uh this is way out of my way out of my wheelhouse. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about real mowers other than the uh, Toros that I mowed with way back in the day and a, a Jacobson. How about that? Uh, it means look prettier, but Esther's know how to cook. Always go with an Esther for half your longer life. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Long care not, I remember your old Sunjo videos. I remember that a lot. A lot. Uh, Mom, the friend in Hawaii is the green doctor. He is Ray in the chat. He is okay. He is not on the island that is taking lava right now. Angela, uh, next time you're in Savannah, let's meet up for Spanky's on River Street. Hey, Colonel Corn, how about next time I'm in Savannah, we meet at Spanky's on River Street. That sounds like some uh, some good stuff. I look, I look <laughs> he did give away his snowblower, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> Thanks, T Winnings. I appreciate you tuning in, man. The Stone Stairs death. 
on Facebook. Would you would you not use T Zone low volume? Uh, DRC uh, T Zone has a low enough rate of sulfentrazone in it that I probably would. Uh, but again, I me personally, I would never use T Zone. I would always roll my own, so that way I would have a little more control over my sulfentrazone rate. I need more control. I'm a control freak, so I have to have control over each particular ingredient in my herbicide mix. So uh, I wouldn't use T-Zone because that's capped for me. It's blended for me. I would much prefer to mix my own uh, triclopyr and sulfentrazone if that's what I feel like I need to run. Um, usually it's not. It's a good mix. Don't get me wrong. T-Zone's a good product, but um, it's not something I would really need to use. Um do you have any information about the persistence of sulfonylurea herbicides in the soil, such as MSM and Celsius, having an impact on weeds after application? Um, so, Phil, you're you're saying like uh, you make an application, and the persistence in the soil for the next thirty days will continue to have an effect on weeds. Um, yeah, sulfonylureas uh, as a whole tend to do that. They they tend to have a longer residual effect. And that's one of the things you'll notice in ag when they're using sulfonylurea herbicides is that typically in ag, they will use it as a pre-emergent and a post-emergent. So for instance, the uh, imazosulfuron, which was Solero, is sold to us in lawn care as a post-emergent Kalinga nut sedge, purple sedge control. However, in the ag world, uh, particularly for rice, I believe they were using it as a pre-emergent. So it's kind of interesting how, how that works. I don't have a ton of information as far as like, I can say, oh yeah, MSM, Celsius, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'd have to go through and do all the research and compile it. But uh, yeah, there is a lot of information out there about that. Uh, yeah, John Perry, the BioGreen was the licensing thing he was doing. Uh, BioGreen and Green County Fertilizer products are very similar. Um, they're not exactly the same, but they're very, very similar. We're chatting a bit on Lawn Forum about those two herbicides. We didn't get into any of the or, uh, others. Uh, yeah, MSM is that one, though, that I... I do not like that product because I have watched so many oak trees drop because of it. So, you know, it's a, it's a very, very serious product. And when you're talking about, you know, a half ounce to the acre killing weeds and one ounce to the acre killing trees and two ounces to the acre, you know, having a, a sterilin effect. I mean, that's scary stuff. Why are some things not recommended to be sprayed at low volume? Uh, because the, okay. So when you're spraying at low volume, you're having a higher concentration of active ingredient in your final mix. And sometimes without that additional water volume, that high concentration of active material can have a phytotoxic effect. Whereas if it were applied with higher volumes of water, it would be less phytotoxic against, um, your desirable turf grasses and species. 
Hey, so my broadcast spreader tipped over full of Scott's Hawks no fur. Now I have a big dead spot. Do you think it'll recover or is it going to be dead all year? Uh, Pedro, I don't know, brother. I don't know. Um, it'll probably it'll probably be dead all year, I would think. Are Jose and weed killers from the big box stores equivalent to a three-way? P. Casey, I, I honestly don't know, brother. I do not know. Uh, Philip Cagle, Celsius label. Uh, you know, I look at look at the active ingredients on the on the back of it. So a three-way weed killer uh, that we use in the pro world are going to contain 2,4-D or MCPA, Mecaprop, and Dicamba. Uh, if you see those three, then that would be the equivalent of a three-way. Uh, Celsius label says 60 days. Green Dot was telling me about MSM working well on Broadleaf. Uh, it does. It does. It works very well. You just have to be very careful with how you use it because it's such a low use rate. You know, even to have a scale to measure the amount of MSM you would need per thousand square feet would be a very difficult thing to do. That would take a very sensitive scale. I just got a hose in sprayer with a rate controlled teaspoon measure or tablespoon measure with a dial. Would you know how, how much tablespoons per thousand square feet for a product like Next RGS? Um, I mean, I would probably, let's see here, ounces to tablespoons liquid. So if you were running at three ounces per thousand, that would be six tablespoons per thousand. If you're running at the higher rate of six ounces, that would be 12. So it would be two tablespoons per ounce. There you go. I love Google. I get so much accomplished with it. Uh, what's the difference between dimethylene salt of dicamba and oh 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 and potassium salt of dicamba? Uh, that's going to be the form of formulation. I I would say the two are going to have uh, different drift factors. Um, obviously, you know. One is being derived from a, a potassium salt. The other one's coming from dimethylamine. I don't know. I would have to sit and and figure it out. Um, I'd have to look at several different labels and read on it. I can if you want. It shoot me an email if you don't mind, and I'll I can look into that and tell you what the difference is. Uh, what would you recommend to help out sandy soil ability to hold water and nutrients? Tall fescue lawn carbon. It's easiest. Easy answer there, Tim Jim. Carbon. Carbon has the unique ability in sandy situation. Sandy situations, it interrupts and disrupts the flow of water perking through it. Um, and at the same time, in clay soil situations, it increases soil surface area to slow, I, I'm sorry, to speed the perking of water. So um, it, uh, it does it. Does, does everything, does a lot. Um, right, thanks for the set the oxygen recommendation. What are we bringing for cleanup of annual blue-eyed grass? Oh, Colonel Corner dealing with the blue-eyed grass. Let's see here. How much lime per thousand square feet with a pH of 5.8? Uh, KK, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, you, where, whoever tested your soil should have given you that recommendation. Uh, if you want to use something like a PHCA, like a, uh, or a carboxyl, polycarboxylic acid, um, 
lime source, calcitic lime, then you would need 12 pounds per thousand square feet, and that would bring you up to a 6.8. And then at the same time, I would say probably that recommendation is going to be uh, something like a thousand pounds to the acre of lime, maybe even 2000 pounds to the acre of lime. So you may want to do both of those for quick and then sustain uh, uh, pH correction, something like that. Uh, went to pick up Celsius from a ragrass issues. We talked about last week, local Kim guy uh, recommended the gate, but said it wasn't for residential use, which what makes an herbicide not for residential. Uh, the, the label, it is just the label. Um, you, you have to go through a whole nother series of testing to get a residential label and an herbicide that's not labeled for residential didn't have that happen. Uh, particularly with Negate, it contains REM sulfuron. It's a combination of REM sulfuron and met sulfuron methyl. Uh, REM sulfuron is one of the ones they're limiting use on residential lawns. And that probably has to do with the fact that it is uh, very persistent in the soil and things that are extremely persistent, they try and keep out of the residential world. Um, REM sulfuron is another one of those that is a sulfonylurea that is very persistent in the soil. What should I do if I start noticing that I am becoming addicted to mowing? Keep mowing, Connor. Keep mowing. Man, I trimmed all the bushes at the front of my house, and I, I, I mowed my yard the first time at about four inches, and I said, you know what? I'm going to bring this baby down. And so I cut my beautiful fescue front yard down to an inch and a half. So it, it ranges from one inch to two inches. And you know why I did that? Because I just did not want to stop mowing. I wanted to keep mowing. And decided not to register. Lots more testing needed for residential and landscape use. Yep. Uh, what carbon product uh, do you recommend? Uh, Tim Jim, you could use something like humic acid. You could use something like malorganite. You could use something like chicken poo. You could use something like biochar. Um, all of those are going to be a carbon source. And uh, they all work well. Uh, so it's whatever is most economical and easiest for you to apply. I'm a little in lawn form. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need another lawn care nut video. Everybody, everybody, give a round of applause, applause for Alan Hain, and he needs to get him another video put up. How about that? Check your blade sharpness and check it often. Connor Ward, there's your uh, there's your your tip for the day from Mr. Thomas. I need to get on there. Let's get people there like Grass Daddy and Connor Ward too. Yeah, Alan, you need to get on there quickly, quickly. Get through here. Lurk. <laughs> yeah, you do have to lurk, uh, Alan. It's it's a fun one to lurk on. Uh, again, I will bring it up again. Um, TheLawnForum.com is a great place to spend time. There are guys there that know way more than I do. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome community of awesome turfgrass managers that happen to be homeowners. 
there are very few pros on there, and uh, I think that's what's so interesting about it is that it comes from the homeowner point of view, and the homeowners flat out above and beyond are doing a much, much better job than the overwhelming majority of pros out there, and I, I mean it. So the lawnforum.com, great community. John Ware put that thing together, and uh, it is just an awesome, awesome collective group of people there. <laughs> Ryan, you're still catching, still catching beef on that. Look at all the claps in the chat room. That's what I'm talking about. You should have make a bump, bumper sticker for confidence for a prize. That's right. Any difference in efficacy between regular ammonium sulfate and WDG version when tank mixed? Um, will be. I don't know what the difference. What is regular ammonium sulfate and what is? Um, a WDG version. I'm trying. I'm trying to put that together. Is it? Are you talking like ammonium sulfate powder and then a granular ammonium sulfate? I don't know. I don't know where you're going with it. Uh, Jason Grubb. Uh, yeah, you can spray low volume with Gallery. I I, I spray it uh, low volume. Probably not supposed to. I think it, it's labeled for a one gallon per thousand application rate, um, but and you also you got to pay attention to your your mesh screen sizes when using gallery as well but uh i've sprayed it low volume and had really good success with it uh, i have to use it in particular for chamber bitter chamber bitter is one of those ones that i have a tough time with in select properties that gallery does a really good job of preventing at least here in knoxville give credit what credit is due started watching your videos before long but came across his videos on striving <laughs> <laughs> Homeowners for the win. How about them apples? Michael Lane, uh, how should you control POA? What kind of turf type do you have? If you're in a warm season grass, I would control POA with a SU, a sulfonylurea, something like Katana, Monument, Celsius. When it's hot outside, Celsius will damage it to the point of no return. Um, uh, tribute total, revolver, uh, all of those will do a good job on controlling POA. For cool season grass, you're limited to combinations of tenacity and ethafumisate. Ethafumisate being the heavy lifter there on the POA. Um, but that's also known as progress and tenacity. Um, the other would be uh, Zonerate, I cannot, uh, which was uh, amicarbazone, I believe, is the active ingredient in that. So you've got zonerate, you've got tenacity, you've got ethafumisate, cool season grass. For warm season grass, there's a ton of them. How about that? Unless you're dealing with uh, with like St. Augustine or Centipede, then I will wait till it's a little bit warm outside, then light it up with a high rate of Celsius, and uh, you'll, you'll get rid of it. Thoughts on propiconazole on tall fescue for brown patch prevention and control. I've heard it doesn't work well by itself for brown patch, but it is inexpensive. Yeah, Phil, it's one of those things. It doesn't, it doesn't work well anymore. So, yeah, it's cheap, but if it doesn't work, then what's the point in using it? Um, you know, in my experience, whenever I use propiconazole, I have to use it as a kicker in conjunction with like a strobilurin to get uh, maximum results. 
Ammonium sulfate wettable dispersible granule usually costs more. Um, well, I've 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 never seen a uh, a WDG version of ammonium sulfate. Typically, what I get is just in prill form. I can dump it in my tank. I usually, I'll dump it in at night. Get up the next morning, agitate my tank, and it's good to go. How does weed control change in a Bermuda lawn if it is overseeded with rye? Um, since it is only being, you have to treat it as a cool season grass. So um, your weed control would favor products that tend to work better in cool season grasses. However, if you're dealing with a lawn that is overseeded with rye uh, and it's overseeded heavy enough with rye, then typically weed issues aren't going to be a major problem. So, you know, like a simple three-way in the time that you're dealing with your ryegrass would be good to go. Uh, you got to think also, usually in that time period, your Bermuda grass is dormant, so no real, you know, no real issues there. Uh, last one, Ronald Robertson, what do you think about Hoganics? I think Hoganics is a good idea with poor execution. Um, Hoganics contains bacteria strains in a jug that when applied to the soil, uh, there's no control over how those uh, replicate and overproduce and grow. And it throws off a very unnatural balance to a natural balance in the soil. And over time, after repeat ap applications, it tends to bioaccumulate in the soil to the point where it's feeding off any and everything existing in the soil it can to survive. And oftentimes, it leaves even nitrogen. It will leave your lawn so, uh, your soil so depleted and so stripped of nutrients that it would take unbelievable amounts of nitrogen to green it up again. Uh, to the point where people I know that were very religious users of Hoganics were running into issues of applying three pounds of nitrogen uh, on, you know, applying like a pound, wait two weeks, then a pound, wait two weeks, then a pound. This is on cool season grass. And with each application, it produced zero color response. And in fact, the fescue was so chlorotic that it was at the point of almost dying. Uh, the only thing that brought it back was uh, some relatively high rates of, of sulfur and then nitrogen to actually kill those microbe populations in order to get it to turn green again. So I'm not a fan of organics. Um, now, some of the newer formulations that they're coming out with, like the PB1 and things like that, I don't know anything about it. Um, I just don't. I just don't know. Um, the granular form of organics is chicken poop that's been mixed with the organics. So it's kind of the same thing where initially it will feed on the chicken poop and help release it. Uh, but then after continued applications, it's going to do the same thing where it will accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And uh, and eventually it's going to cause issues. Uh, that's the problem. Hoganics as a single application is a great thing. Hoganics as a repeat program um, makes me nervous. And how about that? 
Okay, y'all, I'm going to have to wrap it up. It's 9.10. I believe we are at an hour, something of the sort. I appreciate any, I mean, I appreciate all of y'all for tuning in. Really, it means the world to me. Like I say, every week, I cannot believe this is happening. If you have not done so, please click the subscribe button. That's what lets me know to keep going. Uh, I really, really, really appreciate everyone. Again, thank you so much. All the Lawn Forum guys. Alan Hayne making his uh, his uh, stop by tonight. That's always appreciated. Uh, so, again, just thank you all so, so, so much. Y'all have a good one. Almost. Take it easy.